You're listening to Tezonomics, the podcast that explores the people, companies, and protocols that are building the Tezos ecosystem. I'm your host, Jonas Lamas, and if you like the work I'm doing with Tezonomics, I would appreciate it if you would consider delegating your Tezis to my two bakers. That's Tezos Capital and Tezos Capital Legacy. You can find out all about my bakers on our website at tezos.capital. Tezonomics is sponsored by TQ Tezos. TQ Tezos works to advance the Tezos ecosystem by creating open source software and other public goods, by providing support to projects and companies building on Tezos, and by connecting the global Tezos community. You can find out more on their website at tqtezos.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Tezos Commons. Tezos Commons supports the ideas, individuals, and organizations dedicated to building the digital commonwealth. The team at Tezos Commons is focused on empowering the community to be their own architects of Tezos through bootstrapping local communities, education, events, and funding open source initiatives. The Commons keeps a busy meetup calendar with events happening soon in London, Sydney, Los Angeles, and here in Silicon Valley. So check out Tezos Commons and sign up for events at tezoscommons.org. Hello, everyone. This is Jonas with Tezonomics. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, joining me today is Bilal El Alami, who is one of the founders of a company called Equisay. And so today we're going to talk to Equisay. We're going to talk, uh, learn about Equisay. We're going to talk to Bilal and learn what they are doing in the Tezos ecosystem. So Bilal, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jonas. Hi, everyone. So let's start off at the beginning because Equisafe is not a name that has been discussed much in the Tezos ecosystem yet. We've we've heard about other projects that are emerging uh, on Tezos, but we don't know really anything about Equisafe. So tell us, what is it and why why does it matter to, to Tezos? Sure. Um, so first, Equisafe uh, is a tech company. Uh, we'll, we're building a, a financial, an entire financial infrastructure um, on the blockchain. Uh, to streamline and accelerate and secure tra- financial transactions. Uh, so we are mostly focused on financial securities um, and how they are being traded on a blockchain ecosystem. And what is it about um, securing those transactions that is interesting to you? And, 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 and why is Tezos relevant to that? Um, so blockchain is a, we, we, I see it, we see it as a collaborative tool. Um, and basically in, in a process from the advisory and structuring to the digitization of the securities to the lifecycle management until the second, the secondary market, um, there are a lot of processes that are, that are being by, uh, humans, uh, that are, uh, very time consuming and implies a lot of, uh, mistakes. And just to give you an order of magnitude, uh, banks pays as much fines, uh, for non-respecting KYC and IML, uh, then they pay salaries. Uh, for enforcing the slows. Um, so basically, we are trying to answer to different uh, problems. Uh, KYC is just one, AML is just another, compliance 
this is, uh, is another one. Um, automation for the lifecycle management is another one. Um, liquefying the secondary market is another one. And we're building um, a layer going from one point to the other um, that streamlines those, uh, those, um, those problems. I see. I see. And so um, can you give us an example of uh, a hypothetical product that might go through that life cycle for you and where the touch points are for what you provide? Um, by product, you mean um, type of securities, or you mean a problem? Yeah, sure. Like, what 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 do you think would be the uh, the most uh, you know the most uh, common type of security that might use the Equisafe pro process, and how how would that what would that look like? Um, so basically, on our hand, um, we built Legos. Um, so how do you digitize the security? Uh, to digitize the security, you need uh, what we call a shareholder a shares ledger. Uh, you need the shares ledger uh, first. The shares ledger is um, doesn't evolve, did not evolve since the Mesopotam Mesopotamian era. Uh, it's definitely it's it's a ledger made of paper uh, with six columns: the date, um, the owner, uh, the seller, the buyer, the numbers of share, the price, and the signature. And this signature used to be the the lawyer's signature. Um, now we're using the blockchain signature, which has. Um, the same legal power as the lawyer in France and in some other countries. Um, so basically, so this is the first step, the, le the shares ledger. I Second step is, uh, step is the, sorry, go ahead. And I was wondering, you mentioned in France. So is that part of the puzzle here as well, that this is, um, uh, this is something that's getting uh, uh, specifically built to serve uh, French needs? Absolutely not. Um, okay. So I'm going to finish my explanation, and you'll see how how, yeah. how we can address uh, most of the juris jurisdiction. So first, you need the shares ledger. Um, second step, you need the shareholders agreement. In the shareholders agreements, you have different rights, uh, preemptions, agreements, etc. Uh, you have also dividends, or it can be a buyback in in the case of an investment fund, or it can be a fixed income in the case of uh, of a bond. And then the last the the the, the last part is uh, the restriction depending on the distribution method. Uh, the most known distribution method is the IPO, and uh, you have another one which is called the private placement, and you have many others, and depending on the country of originations, you have specific restrictions to, to, to apply. Um, so basically, we created Legos with uh, different contracts um, giving you uh, specific rights and uh, specific restrictions, and the shares ledger is, is the easy, easy part. So depending on what you want to tokenize, you just uh, take the Legos that you need, put them together, and it gives you the security. So we're very agnostic in terms of securities. We can do um, stocks, we can do fund subscriptions, we can do um, bonds. And um, then what is the inv their investment thesis? Um, doesn't matter to us. It can be real estate, it can be an investment fund with, uh, with a thesis on, uh, with a VC thesis, with a, with a medtech thesis, with a telco thesis. Um, this, is, this is not important for us. Uh, however, uh, we're mostly focused on real estate right now because um, real estate is one of the favorite investments uh, worldwide. Um, it's easy to value. It's it's paper. It's uh, sorry. It's um, it's rock solid, so people can visit it. it it's, it's not hard to conceptualize. So right now we're mainly sourcing uh, clients who want to tokenize real estate. I see. So I repeat: the first step is the ledger. The second step is the shareholders' rights, agreements, and rights, and then the restriction. And from those three, we're able to implement from the user interface the the contracts and imply um, and enforce the compliance on chain. 
and and then when we started working on on the on the Nick standard first on on Ethereum in March 2018 um, with my co-founder Frederick, who who's a lawyer, who's the lawyer coder, and so he's the legal tech guy, I'm the fintech guy, and um, and we've been working on it and comparing the different uh, financial rules uh, on different uh, geographies, and basically um, we defined what were the variables. Um, uh, the, the variables that needed to be encoded, uh, whatever the country of origination, uh, in order for uh, an issuer to be able to use our platform um, from any country. And so basically from the platform, you're going to set up the specific rules on KYC, uh, the specific rules on accreditation, the specific rights that you have, um, the specific lockup that you might have on uh, depending on the country of origination, um, the specific limits on the number of investors or the, the number of investors um, and uh, typology of investors. For example, in the US, um, you might be limited to 500 um, accredited investors uh, per country. In France, it's 150 investors per country of the European Union. Um, in the US, when you do a prospectus, you're limited uh, to 2,000 investors. In France, you don't have these limits. And so basically, from the user interface, you parameter um, whatever variable, and, and then it will create a compliant uh, security token uh, from your country of origination. Very cool. And how, so, so when you guys started, you were building this on Ethereum. And how does this yeah. relate to te Tezos going forward? Uh, very good question. So basically, we're actually we're known for handling the first uh, real estate uh, transaction on the blockchain in Europe. Um, it was a 6.5 million uh, mention uh, in the near suburb of Paris. Uh, the tokenization happened live in front of almost 200 people. Uh, on the 24th and 25th of, um, of June. And basically on the 24th, we've tokenized. And on the 25th, we've, we've done the delivery versus payments. And, um, and on the 25th, um, we did the delivery versus payments uh, in the place of the, the mention. So we did a, a press conference there with a member of the parliament. And, um, and everyone was telling us, don't do it live, you're crazy. Uh, imagine if it don't if it doesn't work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're stubborn, but we're not idiots, so we still did it uh, live. But we basically ran some tests just before uh, the member of parliament was coming, and um, and when we ran the tests, the Ethereum network was congested, and uh, it was it, it, it was showing us that the transaction w w w was gonna was gonna was gonna pass in an hour. Um, and actually, the, the member of the parliament was supposed to press and, um, and, and wait for the transaction to happen. Um, so basically, what we did, we, we increased the, the gas so that the, the transaction happens in, in, in a couple of minutes. Um, yeah. But still, this is a specific problem uh, that we encountered um, on Ethereum, the, the scalability. Well, not the scalability. Before that, you have the congestion of, um, of the network. And, uh, and we know that the scalability was, uh, was going to be a problem. Uh, we've audited our contracts two times, um, but we still don't feel confident. You never know what can happen. Um, so all of those matters uh, made us think of, uh, of another blockchain. Actually, when we started, uh, we knew that, uh, that Ethereum was some kind of a sandbox. Um, it's, going, it's, it's good for, for, for developing, it's good for putting in production um, an MVP, but it's not, it's not, it's not really good for, for, for the long-term growth 
and um, for the long-term growth of uh, of the of the company. So we were looking on other blockchains, and uh, we decided to build on Hyperledger on the Onera network, um, and also on the Tezos blockchain uh, because of. Uh, three main reasons. Uh, the first one is that there is a big risk on Ethereum, the hard fork risk. Um, and with the evolutive aspect of Tezos, uh, we limit this risk, uh, which is probably the biggest risk for me in the financial, um, in the digital financial space slash blockchain. Um, so the evolutive aspect of the Tezos blockchain uh, decreased this risk of hard fork. Um, it also um, 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 get get the tr the, the the throughput better uh, each time you you update the core protocol, and uh, and third you had the formal verification. And as an ex statistical physics researcher, um, I was very interested in, in in those formal methods. I heard about them, but um, I've actually uh, before now I actually never like tried them. Um, and so those three reasons uh, made us choose Tezos. And uh, and even though the development is is very hard. Um, we, we really uh, believe uh, on the blockchain in, in the long term. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're very bullish on Tezos, and we're, and, and we're very happy to, to develop this, uh, this standard and uh, the security token standard for, for Tezos that we call Nix. Very cool. Um, is the security token standard, how does it relate to either the FA 1.2 standard that um, has recently been released or the... I believe there's even a newer standard the, uh, based on Ethereum, um, I don't remember, 14 out of 4 or something like that that's also coming out. Is this a different standard than those or is it built on those? Um, no, it's a totally different standard from those. Um, so basically when we started in March 2018, uh, the ERC 1400 uh, didn't exist. So, um, so we actually worked for eight months uh, on, on the Nix standard, on the Ethereum version of Nix standard with, uh, with Federic, my co-founder. Um, how different is it? Um, so basically, we, we started from the ERC-20. So let, let's start by explaining how it works on Ethereum and, and then on, on, on Tezos. Um, so from, from the Ethereum version, we started from the ERC-20. Uh, we've added an identity management layer. Uh, so that people um, get a, a, a digital ID on chain. Um, we've enriched uh, the, the ERC-20 of more than 160 functions, uh, business rules functions, um, uh, after the work that I mentioned, trying to map what were the variables um, worldwide that were defining a security. Uh, a security. So, so we did that, and then we, we support uh, more restriction layers than the ERC-1400. Um, and we also have a contract for on-chain custody, um, which very few people actually have, have live. Um, there is only, I've heard of only one company doing on-chain custody. Um, it's called uh, on-chain custody, and, it, and the company is from Singapore. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, like I said, so we have the security token uh, contract, which is a small, uh, a small, uh, a little bit modified ERC20. Uh, we have what we call the entity, which gives you the um, the, um, the digital representation of the company uh, on chain. This is where you can basically implement the shareholders' agreements, rules, the rights, and uh, the restriction. And uh, you have an identity uh, contract. 
um, which can be used per issuer or for multiple issuers. And you have the on-chain custody, um, which is very interesting because when you send your token to this uh, custody contract, uh, you basically be become a beneficial owner of this contract and, um, and you don't have your tokens uh, in your private key. Uh, but your balance uh, still shows the number of tokens that you have because you become you became a beneficial owner of this contract. So it's better security um, by delegating the the custody to a contract that is on chain um, than uh, and, and and not linked to to, to your key um, because on security matters your key is is a point of failure. So uh, so we, so it's better like that. And so those four smart contracts make it very modular to support multi-issuance scheme to digitize existing or future uh, securities to do a lot of uh, securities operation on it like capital increase uh, buybacks uh, voting rights you can attach like ordinary uh, shares preference shares a bond to, to the same uh, entity so uh, it's definitely more modular than the ERC 4000 and um, and we actually released last week a very short video uh, trying to tease a little bit the community, uh, showing how, how, how it works. Um, and, um, and, and the deal is basically that uh, we'll release the full, uh, con the, the full protocol, the full contract um, open source after we will do the first tokenization uh, with it. And um, it should be between January and February. The date is not fixed yet. We, um, we, we're going to tokenize an art piece, so we like due diligence. We're we're doing the due diligence on, on the art piece, trying to um, to organize the event, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, and we release shortly afterwards. Um, so right now I have 78 pages of documentation of the contract. Uh, I promised to make it 100, so I'll try to make it 100. But uh, we'll release a, a very comprehensive and exhaustive uh, documentation explaining uh, each functions, why we design them like that, um, what is to be known, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So are you saying that uh, by, by sometime in January or February, hopefully, you guys are going to tokenize some piece of art on, yeah. on Tezos using your infrastructure that exactly. would allow accredited investors in different jurisdictions based on what, how you guys have set it up to be able to purchase a share of that artwork and, and custody that share through your system? Um, almost right. Uh, so actually, we find uh, a legal way to tokenize uh, directly the art piece. So we're not going to put the art piece into some legal entity. So, uh, so basically, it's not going to be a private placement. Um, so it's not uh, limited to accredited investors. Um, and actually, the, the tokens that we're going to create, um, they have some restrictions on them, uh, but they're not considered as uh, securities. So, uh, so we won't have a limit. Um, we don't have. We won't have a limit on the distribution method. We won't have a limit on the countries. Um, we won't have a limit on the number of investors. Um, and, and, and cherry on the cake. We don't have any limits on the secondary market, uh, so we haven't we haven't still designed it for for this art tokenization. But uh, it's gonna it's gonna be different uh, that what people uh, uh, how people envision a, sec a secondary market. Uh, very cool. It's, it's, it's not like it's that. not an ATS and it's not an MTF. So basically, yeah. If, if we that's, speak, that uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. 
yeah so uh so yeah we wanted we want to do it for the art piece uh to have maximum exposure and uh and no limitation on on the on the marketing that we can do on those tokens because they're not considered as securities <clears throat> but they will act with some uh with some on-chain compliance as security tokens do so they, yeah. they they just won't have the same rights uh than a stock has for example yeah so is it the um so is Equisafe going to be in the business of being the primary um, tokenizer of items, or are you going to be in the business of running a service for other companies to use this um, ecosystem or this infrastructure? Or so else? basically, um, our platform is a we have a SaaS business model. So uh, so so any company can uh, will be able to right now it's not opened yet, but uh, any company will be able to come to Equisafe, uh, digitize its companies, um, and then actually the the infrastructure is collaborative. Uh, so you will be able to invite uh, lawyers, accountants, expert accountants, um, notaries, but also buy side advisor. Uh, that will be able to distribute uh, your securities, um, mostly as is as it is done today. Because um, I, I said it, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I don't think blockchain is for disintermediation. I really think blockchain is for um, making processes more efficient by uh, reducing cost, avoiding mistakes, administrative errors. Um, specifically on compliance, but not, not only. Uh, so basically, we'll still need broker dealers. We'll still need um, financial advisors um, to distribute um, asset management company to distribute those securities. And so we built the infrastructure so that um, they can still do their work the same the same way they were doing it, uh, but just in a more efficient way um, with a how can I say um, with the option your audience because people share the same um, the, the same identity so they can be recognized by an by an issuer or another one so it, it, it just makes the the life better for both the issuers the investors but also for the regulators because they will have um, an audit trail to, uh, to, to to audit yeah that sounds really uh, uh, a great uh, evolutionary viewpoint on how Blockchain is going to become um, the relevant platform for digitizing every uh, every type of and tokenizing every type of asset out there. Right? It's not like it's going to become um, completely uh, frictionless. It's just going to become a lot more efficient and giving people the tools that they need in order to do the jobs that they have to do in order to support all the regulatory hurdles and burdens around the world. Exactly. We share the yeah. same vision on, on that. Yeah, great. And so uh, that's that sounds like a really, uh, really amazing addition to the Tezos ecosystem. Do you think that most of the projects that are going to come to market in 2020, will they be on, uh, will they actually be tokenizing on Tezos or will you, they also be looking at Hyperledger or Ethereum or other, other ones like that through your system? Um, so actually through our system, um, we we from now on uh, we're actually presenting the Tezos um, uh, the Tezos version of the platform. I see. Um, to be honest, uh, the reason we did uh, we support multiple blockchains um, is that depending on the region and depending on the people you're talking to, 
they have different uh, different envies. For example, um, in the U.S. and in and in Asia, um, they they historically trust IBM, and uh, some institutionals wanted to work with Hyperledger. Um, and actually, the 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 the, 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 the some some people um, asked us if our platform w was on on Hyperledger. Um, whereas, for example, in France and in some other very front-running countries, um, Tezos is definitely one of the most attractive blockchain. Where in well, in France, it's a little bit biased because um, the guys from Nomadic are, are French, uh, the guys from Ocamelpo who created the, the Tezos blockchain are French, and uh, they they have historic connection with the government, which is now very business-oriented. So, um, so it's actually very helpful on a business standpoint uh, to be working on Tezos, um, um, and, and not only just for the technology. Um, so, so we actually recommend to tokenize on Tezos for the long-term uh, vision. And uh, one client, an institutional bank, uh, they asked us to, to, to pursue the development on, on Hyperledger uh, because they want to do a project on Hyperledger um, because the, the Onera network, uh, you control the nodes on specific, well, the nodes are at um, uh, regulated entities. So uh, it's a specific architecture that, uh, that they trust and, um, and um, and yeah, they didn't get their their head around uh, Tezos, so not yet. But yeah, I'm still trying sure, sure. To, to make them change there. <laughs> yeah, well, it just seems like there's going to be uh, an, an increasing pace of tokenization of interesting assets on Tezos starting in January, and uh, exactly as, and as the word gets out, more and more people will look to it as something that sounds like the the right process moving forward for their assets. It is, it is, and, uh, and another reason why we support the multiple um, uh, multiple blockchain is that uh, on the investor side, uh, we set up three different wallets on three different blockchain. Um, so any investors that uh, has an account on Equisafe uh, will be able to buy tokens from Tezos, Apple Ledger, and uh, and um, and Ethereum. Uh, we are working with another company uh, on creating a bridge uh, from Corda to Tezos. So uh, we're we're really trying to to attract people on uh, on Tezos because, like you said, and like I said, um, on the long term, um, it's probably going to be the last blockchain. Ah, yep, that phrase keeps coming up over and over again. The last blockchain we'll ever need is uh, is Tezos. I definitely think it might have been part of the. Uh, I don't remember if that was in the white paper or in the original PowerPoint, but yeah, it's a it's a great phrase. Um, all right, so. This sounds like a really neat new project that the rest of the ecosystem uh, needs to know about. So is there anything that you would like to ask the Tezos community to do for you or to pay attention to, or is there any way we can help you out? Um, so yeah, I'll need, uh, need the whole community uh, to review what we've done when it, when it, once it's, uh, it will be open sourced. Um, Right now, we didn't want it to, be, to make it open source from scratch because we are actually translating our contracts from Ethereum. So, um, so we didn't want it to be uh, distracted. Um, but we'll be happy to get some feedback. Uh, maybe we, we forgot about, uh, about very important stuff and, uh, and, uh, and we'll be more than happy to answer all of your questions uh, from the community. Um, we are actually working with Nomadic to, uh, to implement zero knowledge proof by design on it. 
Um, I don't I don't promise that it will be on the first version on the release of the first version, but definitely on on the second uh, on the second one. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I hope um, the community will uh, will like what uh, what we're doing and and, and what we'll uh, will be doing, and um, and I'm looking forward for uh, the worldwide adoption of uh, of Tezos and the Nix standard. Our vision is um, on Nix. Our vision is very clear. Uh, we want it to be the SM the SMTP of the financial ecosystem. Um, so uh, so we're happy to uh, to hear everyone. That sounds awesome. Uh, and last question: Can you give us any hint of what kind of artwork you're going to be tokenizing? Um, it's uh, it's a fine art artwork. It's uh, it's very old. Very old. And, okay. Uh, no, well, there is two options. Yeah, there, there is there, there is the best case scenario, and there is uh, the other scenario. So the best case yeah. scenario is kind of, it's kind of a very old. Uh, very old art piece. Everyone knows the name of the painter. Um, it's it's oil painting, um, and uh, yeah, everyone knows his name. So uh, yeah, so like we're doing a heavy, heavy due diligence on 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 the on the piece of art uh, because we don't have uh, we cannot uh, we I guess fail I this. Uh, Right, I guess you guys would have to acquire the art piece first, most likely, and then. Um, and then not exactly. We 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 we've drafted um, a very specific agreement uh, where we define um, a small cap and a hard cap, and actually the small cap and a hard cap are very close together. Uh, but once the sub cap, uh, once you get to the sub cap, um, we buy the art piece with basically the sub cap. And uh, and so we, we we proceed with the sale. If I you see. don't get to the sub cap, uh, the art piece stays in the hand of uh, of the original owner. Very interesting. Very interesting. So well, we you never, might be the next. Uh, you might be the next big art auction house too with this solution. It sounds like uh, um, there's so many ways this could could go forward. Yeah, actually, multiple people have tried to um, to digitize the the commercialization of art piece. But uh, but nobody succeeds, succeeded, and most of the of the schemes that were presented, they were uh, they were scams, um, and uh, and so it's very hard. We don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna what, where it's gonna take us. Uh, it's definitely to test the market, um, but yeah, it's definitely super super disruptive um, to do. Awesome. Okay, Bilal. Well, thank you very much for your time here today. Uh, we're going to pay close attention to what Equisafe is doing over the next few months, and we look forward to seeing your code on CarthageNet and on the mainnet eventually, and we look forward to, uh, to uh, seeing the first projects actually come to life. So thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Jonas. Um, it was great to, to exchange with you, and, uh, and feel free if you have any question uh, in the future. Yeah, where 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 should people be able to get a hold of you? Do you have a Twitter or, or Telegram? Yeah, or? so um, we have the Equisafe Twitter, so it's Equisafe underscore IO. 
Uh, we have the website, equisave.io. You can subscribe to the, to the newsletter. Uh, there is some interesting news that are, that are going to be released. Um, there is also my uh, Twitter account or LinkedIn. Uh, just type down Bilal El Alami. I guess the name will be on the, on the title of the podcast. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I'll try to answer to everyone, uh, even though I, I, I don't sleep much, but uh, I, I, I hate leaving people uh, with answers. Okay. Well, thanks again for joining us. And everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Tezonomics. We'll be back with another episode real soon. Thanks again.